0: Out of all the HBCU prospects in the draft this year, Keyshawn Moore is by far Gerald Huggins' personal favorite. Oh, yeah, it's Locked on HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked on HBCU,
1: your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: day and remember just because the mic cuts off does not mean that the journey is over it just means it's time to follow me on twitter at south exclusives you can see it right there at the bottom of your screen but if you don't That just means you're on the audio side of things. Ain't nothing wrong with your TV or nothing. Ain't nothing wrong with your laptop or phone. Just means you're on the audio side of things. And don't forget the S on the end of South exclusives. Now, draft HBCUs, Gerald Huggins comes on to talk about why Mark Evans is the best HBCU prospect in the draft. Why Emmanuel Wilson is still a high-profile player, despite the fact that he more than likely is going to be a UDFA, undrafted free agent in this draft class. But he's going to kick it off talking about his personal favorite, Mr. Violence himself, Keyshawn Moore. And violence in the most nice way possible. Okay, Gerald, so we're going to start off with your favorite player, who is Keyshawn Moore. And it's a player who you don't have number one, but it's a personal favorite to you. Is it a style of play? Is it a versatility? Is it What is it that makes him your personal favorite HBCU prospect this year?
1: I guess, you know, on top of, well, first I'll say I got a chance. I got, you know, got a chance to get to know him. So, like. Right. That'll do it. Yeah. Great dude. Like, great dude. He's a football player. Like, some guys like to play football. You know, some people love to play football. Some people are football players. He's a football player. It's what he was born to do. It's like, you know, but granted, let this out here. He could possibly be WWE champion one day. Just awesome. throw that out there. That is a possibility, which is really cool. When you like, scouting a guy, you're like, oh, wow. He was one of the few HBCU guys. I think he's like the only, been the only HBCU guy to get the WWE NIL deal. Like, that's just dope. But, I mean, on the football side, his versatility is my favorite part. It's like you can't – there's no one else in the draft that has played the amount of positions he's played on the defensive side of the ball. At a high level, too, by the way. He was a high level on the interior defensive line on the edge and he was a linebacker and he was a linebacker nobody else could say they did that nobody definitely not hbcu football i'm still waiting for someone i need to tweet it out again nobody can tell me someone that played nose guard one two three four five six seven eight backer no one can tell me that someone ever put no one in college football did it. so i just Think he's a guy you just can't miss on a guy that's 6'2", 280 pounds, four seven 35 reps on the bench. He has a tape. He played in the. He played uh at JMU, played at one of the best JUCOs in uh college in college football at Lackawanna Community College. That produced some of the greatest HBCU players you're gonna see in this era. I will also I'll just say that in this era, and then he goes to Hampton and he goes all conference in one of the toughest conferences in uh in FCS from what people say. What else did he need to do, you know? And he went postseason play. I mean, post uh, the postseason All-Star games, he did exactly he interviewed well. He tested well. He had how many bowl games he had? One, I think he's like two or three. Might have been two. Two bowl games. And he won MVP on his first one he was in. Right. So it's like there's nothing else I think he needs to do to showcase that he is a top defensive line prospect, definitely in the FCS. And I just like versatility when it comes to defensive line, man. When you could just tell a guy he could go play zero one play and he could go on the edge one play, and, oh, let's throw you in the back. And the back, as a backer, it's just – for a defensive coordinator, it's like, oh, man, I don't got to do too much subbing in and out. It's a beautiful thing, you know. So, I mean, all those factors and this the fact that, you know, overall you're just rooting for a guy like him, man. Just rooting for yeah. him. Very humble guy. Hardworking guy
0: for, And you spoke about his versatility. He did all of these things in college. You would assume he probably won't do all of those things in the league. He'll probably stick to one, maybe two, depending on where he is, but likely one position. Mm -hmm. What do you think suits him best on the, if he makes it to the NFL, what position would you like to see him at?
1: Man, I'd like to see him at three tech, man. I, I really would. Six, two, six, two and change, 280 pounds, a little bit plus. I mean, he could. He carries 280 better better than most. I I mean, I'm not saying he's Aaron Donald, but let I me. Mean, he cared no one thought he was 280 pounds. I did not think that Keyshawn was 280 pounds. Right. Aaron, most people thought he was 240. Like I did. I think he's 245. He came in, I think well, he used to be like 220 pounds. I, I believe that when he was in JUCO. He wasn't a big guy. And then like his body just carries that weight so well that he has the strength, he has the quickness. I think. I think a lot of guys will going to have to start making this decision. These these kind of oversized edge guys. Edge guys are getting small. They ain't a lot of big, big edge guys anymore. You know what I'm saying? The Charles Johnsons of the world. The Greg Hardys. You know, I'm a Panthers fan, so I'm just naming the two big guys. But, you know, it's just not a lot of just huge 290-pound edge rushes. You know what I'm saying? And, like, for a guy like him who has the ability to, you know, rush the pass from all across the board and he has the speed to beat on the interior, and more than likely he's stronger than most of the guys is blocking him, too. So, you put that on the interior, and nowadays some of the, I think, the best pass rushers might be on the interior defensive line now. It's not like it used to be. Like, we got guys like Chris Jones that are r- routinely getting double-digit sacks. Like, it's nothing. I mean, you got Quentin Williams. You got so many young, just amazing interior pass rushers, man. And I just think you create that pressure up the middle. You make a quarterback way more uncomfortable because now it's it's right in his his, uh, his line of sight. You know he can't he can't see the edge rushes coming for the most part. So for a guy like Keyshawn Moore that has the versatility, be and a versatility and athleticism to be able to move all across the board, I just think three tech would be the best spot for him. I in a good system, a three tech and a four three or a five technique four I ish and a three four. I can see it, too.
0: I I think those would be best, too. I agree. And I think that when you have a guy who's a jack-of-all-trades type of player, often people try to narrow them down when doing scouting to what they do best. And it can be a little bit difficult. When you're looking at Keyshawn Moore, what is his calling card?
1: Violence. I like that. (laughs) no he just wants to run into somebody else. like no he he's really he's a violent he's violent he's instinctual you know what i'm saying he mm-hmm. he's, he's he's disciplined from my from what i from my while me watching tape he's very disciplined with his keys he's disciplined with his hands and his hands place his hand placement Disciplined with his leverage uh doesn't get a ton of penalties i uh, i like him i like him uh like i think his 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 best quality being violence is I know it sounds very cliche because, oh, you want all your defensive linemen to be violent. Yeah, but every defensive lineman is not, not that violent. You could, some, it's, right. They're just not. And some make it to the league. I don't know how, but some of it is not that violent. He loves it. Like, bring on the double team. Bring on the triple team. He doesn't care. He's still going to make sure that your job is going to be way harder if you try to block me. Definitely with one person. So for a guy like him, his violent nature, his violent hands, his violent hip and shoulder turn at the top of his rushes, his violent block shedding, which is most important because he just gets got once he when he locks out on you and he wants to get rid of you, you're going wherever he decides he wants you to go. You know, he, I mean, listen, everybody has their mistakes where he might he sometimes he might let someone in his chest every now and again. It happens, but for the most part, he's engaging first. He's getting those big strong hands on people. He's locking the arms out. And he's gonna roll his hips into you and then he might knock you off your butt or right off the line of scrimmage. So for him, the violence, if he keeps that, that like he just goes into a camp and just first one on one or first board drill, whatever they do, he can just run into somebody's face. That's what he's gonna do. No doubt. That's his that's his nature. And I love that about it. Everything violence. is violent, violent. Violent. Violence. <laughs> violence.
0: <laughs> no, I love it. And hey, going forward, we're gonna talk about a prospect who is one of your personal favorites for the undrafted free agents. not guys. So basically this is somebody he doesn't think is going to be drafted, but it's still a player. He likes a lot. And we're talking about Fort Valley States, Emmanuel Wilson, as we continue with locked on HBCU. Before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by built bar. Go to built.com. Use the promo code locked 15. You'll get 15% off your offer. But I understand that not everybody has the patience. Some people, who have tasted built bars said i can't wait for shipping and as somebody who eats built bars on a regular basis i would understand that and if that's how you feel go to walmart go to sam's club get you a four pack get you a 13 pack and there'll be instant gratification for you now me personally i do like to go to built.com and save myself a little bit of money i prefer to save a little money rather than exude that i have no patience so i like to go to built.com, use the promo code Lock 15. check out some of their newest flavors my personal favorite is s'mores built puff at the moment used to be built blueberry muffin but right now moving with that s'mores built puff as we continue with locked on hbcu i appreciate you for making us your first listen of the day every day for your second listen stick right here on the network and check out the locked on nfl mock draft with all of our local hosts breaking down picks one through I think it's like 250 something but rounds one through seven they're doing a whole mock draft and it's right there on YouTube for you now as far as HBCU prospects going some of our HBCU prospects will be, be will be picked in that draft I have Gerald Huggins of draft HBCU here to talk about one of his favorite undrafted free agent prospects and that's Emmanuel Wilson out of Fort Valley State you have him in the draft guide as a ceiling of being a UDFA. Do you think this is the correct slot for him, or do you think he's somebody who should garner some late round attention as well?
1: I guess most of my most of my analysis on him is like, okay, yeah, he should be able, he should be drafted, no doubt, mm-hmm. he should be drafted. However, the running back market, as we know, is not what it used to be. People feel like they could get them a guy. I mean, look at Isaiah Pacheco. I'm seven round. He's when he's helping them win a the Super Bowl. You know, people just believe that you don't need uh, you know, a running back in the first day or two to get you a to get someone that's consistently be a, a solid ball carrier, pass protector and a uh, uh, catcher out of the backfield for you. Now, that's just what the reality is. However, is does Emmanuel Wilson have draftable grade? Yeah. Some people have a draftable grade on Emmanuel Wilson. I do as well. But You know, just the way the world works, I was okay. Worst case for him, he is preferred. I mean, like, he's literally, right after the draft is done, Emmanuel Wilson's getting the call, or two, or three, or four, or five. I've seen that he's visited uh, with the Packers and the Panthers uh, as of now, which is solid, because you know, the Panthers do have a need still. You know, Miles Sanders is going to be the guy, but it wouldn't hurt to have a nice – Running back similar to Foreman, you know, with the way they run, hard runner, downhill runner, one cut, can catch the ball at the backfield. And guess what? One cut, you got that 5'11, 230 plus pound running back coming full speed at you. It's a shot. I'm, I think, te- I know teams are going to bring him into camp. Preferred. Similar to like Marquise Bell being one of the higher paid, preferred free agents, uh, undrafted, undrafted rookie free agents. I can see Wilson being in that realm. Like, yeah, he's gonna probably make it into someone's camp, and probably make it into like at least bare minimum. Bare minimum makes someone's practice squad, but Wilson will be in the picture.
0: Yeah, his his teammate Shamar Bridges just made the practice squad for the Ravens last year, so it'll be kind of a, a similar turn of events for former teammates. When I look at Emmanuel Wilson in the state of running backs, and I try to see where he looks or where he he falls, I should say. Mm -hmm. For running backs, it's guys who can catch and it's guys who don't. It's kind of like we have uses for both, but it's the haves and the Mm have-nots. Where does Emmanuel Wilson fall? Because I know he didn't do it that much, so ejection. Mm -hmm. So maybe I'll change it. Where will Emmanuel
1: Wilson fall? Emmanuel Wilson can catch the ball. Right. He like you know, he like you said, just not a lot of opportunity to because, you know, they probably felt the reason waiting for them to win was to like listen, we got our bell cow, we're gonna run him. And that's fine. And I believe they have I mean not believe they have a solid quarterback down there who likes to push the ball down the field if he can. So, you know, not a lot of dink and dunk definitely from the at the running back position. So I'm not too mad at that. So for me, I don't want people to knock him. You know, for his quote-unquote lack of production in the passing game, he just wasn't afforded that ability to do it. Now, what he can do is pass protect. Now that's important. Okay. So Very. it it doesn't hurt that you have a guy. Okay, he's a small school guy. We know he can run. We know he can run. The HBCU running backs. They know if any scout knows that we can know how to run because we're gonna run a lot. Mm-hmm. And he pass protect. And at five eleven, two thirty five. You're not just gonna run through his chest. He has really strong base. He knows he has really strong hip, uh, really strong hips. So when a, a linebacker or he ends up having to pick up a defensive lineman, he has the ability to get under them, roll his hips into them, and knock them the opposite way, give the quarterback some more time to make a solid play. So with that, and that being said, um, with the run, with the way he's able to run the ball and how hard he runs, his versatility to be able to catch out of backfield, and his ability to block in the passing game. You have to say that, you know, maybe the UDFA, the preferred free agent, may, it may be, I won't say a ceiling, but that's probably what we should be expecting. At, at I mean, the best chance is he may get a seventh round selection. You know, it just may, it may happen, but you know, at best. They like to get they like to get HBCU guys that they know are really good for cheap. That's just how it goes sometimes. It's just the way the business. I hate that it has to be that way, but you know they a lot of our guys don't get picked very high and they probably should have you know. But you can always get a cheap like a Marquise Bell. Marquise Bell supposed to be a day two guy.
0: Yeah, three. That, that hurt.
1: So yeah, it hurt a lot of us. I I I was definitely that that one hit me a little hard. I mean I'm you know I was. Happy for the guys that got drafted. I'm happy for Bell and Dixon, the guys that get their preferred free agent. You know, and then you have you know guys like Shamar Bridges and guys like uh, McDaniel that were able to get their signers to go to camp. Beautiful. It's like, dang, that was our best guy.
0: That was the one I talked about that yesterday. I talked about that. That was the one.
1: Life. Yeah, no, he's the, the like he. I mean, his RAS score. Was phenomenal, as in like your raw athletic score, like damn near perfect score. Like, I mean, oh he did everything he's supposed to do. Everything he's supposed to do, but it's all good. He's there. They brought him back again, which means they see something in him. I know they kind of feel like they're solidified in the back end. But I personally, I think they should be able to work them into a big nickel, you know, or nickel situation, or be able to play them a little bit more free or strong safety. But that's all nothing. So with Wilson, yes. um a team's gonna really enjoy him, man, because he's a very, he's a very tough runner, and he seems like he's another good, high character kid as well. So and, you know, I just want to shout out to him. He's one of the few players I actually bought his, uh his shirt. I support his shirt. Hey, it looked nice. Yeah. Oh no, it's good material and everything. All three thousand, fifty nine thousand, kajillion dollars I spent for, but it goes into his pocket. So Wilson. Much love, my brother. I, you know, hopefully, you know, yeah. but, but yes, this is beautiful. I mean, I'm gonna wear this when he gets get, when he gets drafted or he gets picked up. I'm going to make sure I throw on the shirt.
0: You, you gotta know? wear it Saturday. You yeah, got to I, wear it Saturday listen, all day. You start to finish, you gotta wear it.
1: Yeah, I'm wearing it. No, listen, it's gonna happen. I'm gonna wear it, and you know, I just want to just make sure that he understands that you know, he's the fine eyes, man. I'm telling you, what happened with. I don't nothing shocks me anymore after what happened with Ronnie Thomas, man. Whatever I'm like, listen, (laughs) that brother made it. A lot of our guys got a legit shot. So I am ecstatic.
0: Let's let's move into the guy who's number one. Hmm. The number one player on your top twenty HBCU prospects list. We broke that down a couple of weeks ago. You finally dropped it. I've been waiting patiently. Uh, But nothing changed. I don't think. I don't think anything changed on that list from when we talked about it. But Mark Evans, University of Arkansas at Pine Bluff left tackle, soon to be NFL left guard, is number one on that list, and we're going to break him down as we wrap up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. And that's wrapping up today's episode of Locked on HBCU. I still have Gerald Huggins of Draft HBCU breaking down his favorite player, which is Keyshawn Moore. His, I guess we'll say favorites, or just UDFA that he wanted to talk about, Emmanuel Wilson. And now we're getting to the guy that he feels is the best. Mark Evans is the top HBCU prospect for you now. It wasn't that way a year ago. We thought it was Jordan Lewis. And I think we might've had Isaiah Land above Evans too. I'm not sure, but I know Jordan Lewis was number one. What made Mark Evans jump those other guys in the past 365 days?
1: Man, his body of work over his long career of starting at UAPB, I just had to really just sit back, look back at the tape as far as I can, and just really say, man, this guy has really been the guy since he was like 19 years old, 18 years old. Like, mm-hmm. granted, you know, they all three of those guys, like Jordan Lewis, Isaiah Land, Evans, they all progressed as they went through their uh, their years that matriculated through HBC. Not saying I just feel like Evans one had a tougher task trying to block some of these edge rushes, as you can see, this swag was full of them since he's been there. You know, he's been able to be a solid. Presence on the weak side or blind side of an offense of, of a quarterback for four years, man. and He's he's gotten better with his run blocking, he's tenacious, he's strong hands. I tell people, stop looking at the raw athletic score for everybody, it don't, don't really show on the tape. I mean, the athleticism that he's showcasing the combine that's like that, people want to knock him for it. But granted, you gotta watch the tape. His tape, ultimately, he has the best tape to me. I had all the guys that I've looked at up and down, up and down. Uh, You know, I love Keyshawn Moore. I love Isaiah Lamb. Love Aubrey Miller. Love him. And, you know, I'm a defensive line guy. But I I can appreciate an offensive lineman that I can personally say would have gave me some dang trouble. I'm just called a spade a spade. He went against, I believe, he went against, So, oh, my God. Did he go? He went against Jordan Lewis. He went I believe he went against, I did he go against Land in his career? I believe he did. I got to look.
0: He did, but, you know, Land often lines up on that left side. So they yeah, – the amount of snaps they played against each other was, was limited, limited.
1: Limited. However, it's just, you know, in his FBS opponents, he played very well. You know, he that's the big thing for me. When he played out of conference, when he played FBS talent, he showed out at a position that people don't think he's going to play. Next level, Bob continue to tell people Kelvin Beachum. Think of Kelvin Beacham every time you think of Mark Evans, just say Kelvin Beachum. So don't rush to throw that man on the inside. Can he play it? Sure. Because he showed that he's adaptable, because he's been playing left star, left tackle in the swag since he was a teenager. So he can do it. He's gotten better. However, don't rush him. If that's where if that's where he's comfortable. And if you if you just care about height that much, okay, move him inside. But that's all it is—just height. Cause everybody wants everybody a big tackle, big left, big left tackle, big tall Trent Williams looking guy. Granted, yeah. granted, love Trent. Amazing, but that ain't everybody's calling card. Kelvin Beecham is, you know, he's not Trent Williams, but guess what? You you're pretty comfortable with having him on your on your blind side, and he's been since he's been in the league. So. For Mark Evans, his body of work, good character kid, too. Interviews very well. Interviews amazing. Even when I was talking to scouts at the Strong Bowl. Interviews very well. Um, And, like, the need for an offensive lineman that could block. I mean, I know that sounds very very simple, but the need for an offensive lineman with a body of work of his – you kind of want that definitely a guy as versatile like him that can play guard, tackle, and you can play center if he wants to. You kind of you you can't turn your back on that. You can't you can't. He's showcased that he's been the best offensive lineman in the SWAC for pretty much the past four years. Over I say no, probably the last two two years. Man, he's been the guy for the past two years. Right. And like him and Carter had their battle last year. Well, can I say last? I guess I should say last year now.
0: So I know what you mean, 2021.
1: Yeah, so they had that battle. Um, but for the most part, Evan's been the guy, so he showcased that he's been the guy. He showcased that he could play against top, top competition. He played in the all star game that also showcased he could play against top competition. He was invited to the combine. You're not invited to the comp. Oh God, we'll see. Then Marquise Bell's about to ruin this statement for me. But more than likely, if you're HBCU guy that's going to the combine, chances are, chances are you are in someone's thoughts for getting drafted. So let me just scale back on that. Man, that
0: Marquise Bell, I ain't gonna lie, that's gonna hurt me. That's gonna haunt me. You couldn't tell me he wasn't. You know what? We're keeping it positive. We're gonna keep it on on this year's person, and we're gonna gonna knock on wood.
1: He's gonna get his money back.
0: One hundred percent, one hundred percent. Now, when what? looking at when looking at Mark Evans and him going into the NFL, what part of his game do you think would translate the quickest?
1: Mm, his pass blocking ability. Uh, he has a knack for it. His biggest thing is once he gets on gets on you early. It's kind of similar to like a DB in a press technique. Some DB like Keenan Allen just get it. If he get in on you early, he won. But you know, sometimes if he if he gets a little lax with his technique, then you might get him. You know, but for the most part, when it comes to his pass blocking ability, he has a really good punch. You know, he's getting better with reworking his hands to make sure he gets that inside fighting to get the inside control. Doesn't hold too much all off his alignment hold. But 100%. these aren't egregious. This. They aren't it aren't egregious to the point where like, man, we can't play this guy. No, it's not like that. So for the most part, you know, Mark Evans, his pass blocking, but his athleticism, that's what I'm saying. The tape shows that he's athletic enough to stay in front of these fast edge rushes. But, yeah, the combine may look, may, you know, the 40, the shuttle, that uh, I get it. But look at the drills that he did. He looked fluid. He's able to block in open space. He's been doing it. Left on the island for a while. You know, and then also his, his athleticism to block in space against linebackers and defensive backs. very. Very, very, very instinctual guy as well. And he's smart. You know, when you see him, when you see him uh, block against these different loops and stunts, you could tell that he's watched film. You could tell that he knows when certain things are coming. So, you know, for me, his football IQ is being being high, his athleticism on the field, on tape, to be able to stay in front of these athletic edge rushes, his tenacity, his punch, his big, strong hands. You have a solid offers alignment of there on the interior or the exterior. And you know, um, I think the one thing you say he could he probably tell you to work out just a little things when it comes to just uh going against the run. Just little things. Just like I mean, he's a finisher, don't get me wrong, he's a finisher. He's like to see a little more. Or just right. little things about just getting your head in front on a down block. Just little things. You know, like that's when you go into the second level, you don't want to overrun it. You know what I'm saying? You want to stay tight. You know, squeeze down. You know your bump block, or whatever they may call. It. I don't know, whatever whatever they call that combo, but slip bump. You know, once you step down, you make sure your your teammate they will slide over, and then you go to the second level, create that gap. Don't lead too early. Simple play.
0: Yeah, little just, things, little yeah, tweak,
1: little tweak that you could fix with. I mean, he's gonna have NFL offensive line coaching. Depending on where he's at, he might have a, one of the best. Well, I mean, there's a lot of good offensive line coaches in the NFL. I like. So you just never know. He has to go to the right situation, but he's a guy that you can plug in. I'm not saying start week one, but you could plug him in. You know, plug him in and let him see what he could do.
0: I like it, man, and I appreciate you because, you know, it's, it's draft week. So I hit you up a little late, but you worked with me. You were able to get in here so we could get it done early in the week, and we'll have you coming back on Friday, probably Friday afternoon. That'll drop. I wish I, I'm. We're not gonna do a live show. My Wi-Fi isn't good enough for that. But if it was, we would. But it's not, so we're not. Um. But but Gerald, to be back on Friday, I always appreciate you, man. And I appreciate you also for making us your first listen of the day every single day. On tomorrow's episode, we're going to be doing an Aubrey Miller scouting breakdown. So this is my second scouting breakdown ever. So let's see. I used to play linebacker. What'd I say, that G? Why did I say that? Why did I put that extra pressure on myself to really excel with this breakdown? I, I done did it now. I can't take it back. I put it out there. I used to play linebacker. So let's see if I can break down Auburn Miller with a little bit more nuance than uh than Isaiah land one that was yesterday. So in the meantime, in between time. If you're looking for me though, you can find me on Twitter at South exclusives until the next time that we hear each other family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.